0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a new podcast we're doing about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char.
1: And I'm Kelly.
0: And this week, we're kicking off our Month of Candle Nights event by watching Gremlins from 1984.
1: For those of you who don't know what Candle Nights is, it's a, what was it, pan-religious, pan-sexual, personal pan-holiday made by the McElroys to basically beat Every holiday or no holiday. Whatever holiday you want it to be. In
0: our heart of hearts, it's the winter goodness that we feel.
1: Exactly. So that's what we're celebrating instead of any specific holiday from any denomination.
0: But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this drink to be Christmassy, chocolatey, and something that'll make you a little loopy. So I made the drink this week.
1: You did. I think you'll probably be making all the drinks this month since you have a very specific idea of what you want to make.
0: Oh, that's not... You can still make things. Yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to impede on your... you sure? Your creativity. Alright. But it's gotta be... It's gotta be candle nights-ish. Okay. That's the requirement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't love eggnog and I know that you will want to make an eggnog. Well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I've promised the listeners eggnog you have to do it.
1: I'll make my uncle's eggnog, which is, uh... One part eggnog, five parts rum. Ah, yeah. sounds
0: good. So, uh, yeah, we watched Gremlins this week. So Again. I made this is like a hot, cho- boozy hot chocolate, and I called it Gizmo. No. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So it's really sweet and delicious. It's kind of Christmasy because it's got peppermint schnapps in it. Mmm. But the base of the cocktail is Mad Dog malt liqueur.
1: It also seems very buddy approved. It's
0: very, very buddy approved. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, buddy. You want to drink some?
1: Keep going. Maybe I'll get him to talk on the on the mic. <laughs>
0: um, but what makes it, I thought, like to make it extra Gizmo-esque, Gizmo is a super cute and adorable little creature and he's very fluffy.
1: Uh, and he's
0: brown and white. So um, the drink itself is brown. And I threw one normal size marshmallow on top and then I cut up teeny tiny mini marshmallows to be like the little balls that come out of his back.
1: Could you not find actual mini marshmallows?
0: I mean, I could have. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> but um, everywhere I went only had, well, I, I went to lots of stores and they didn't have any marshmallows except for the last one I went to, which only had the normal ones. Mm.
1: So for the for the reference, it makes sense because it's part of a big one. bigger one. Yes, yeah. that was
0: my plan all along. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and there's, um, something special about this drink that makes it extra candle nights.
1: Uh, did you put a candle in it?
0: No, it's the family. Your mom gave us the peppermint schnapps for drinking and screaming.
1: Yeah, my mom, for those of you who don't know, is an adult human who, when ha- when having parties, her friends will bring liquor and then not take it back, which is a very not adult human thing to do. And My mom doesn't really <laughs> that drink that much. So basically her like liquor cabinet is just full of like half-drunk things that people have brought to her parties. So one day she's like, well, I don't need any of this. I'm going to bring a bunch of stuff to Kelly and Char's place for drinking and screaming. So we have like four or five things from her, but this one was uh, perfect for this holiday drink.
0: Yay! So thanks,
1: Mom. Woo! Maybe, but- she- maybe she'll listen to an episode now.
0: Haha. We have to. We talked about you. What do you think, though? Tell me. It's, uh... It's great. Ten it out is. of
1: ten. I mean, visually, it looks like gizmo. The colors that blend between the, the hot chocolate, even to the melted marshmallow that's kind of like tan, and then the white on top. You did a very good job with the uh, the plating of this Thank one. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: It's very tasty. You You asked me to try it when you were blending it to make sure that the mix of hot chocolate and the other stuff was good. Mm-hmm. And it was a little too boozy. But I think the addition of extra hot chocolate in it really made the balance very good. And it's like, you immediately get hit with the the scent of peppermint. We've been watching a lot of cooking shows that came out during the holidays, so I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that little balance of peppermint really kicks the whole hot chocolate in, and then the flavors of all the alcohols balance well together. I kind of, I want more of a crunch in there, maybe like... Maybe like, a, like some gram or something, just a little bit of a crunch. Oh. But other than that, I think your plating and your presentation and the whole combination of flavors really worked out well. Thank you. Now we're going to go judge the other team. Uh, <laughs> you start working on your other drink.
0: It's funny that you mentioned crunch because I was, my original idea was maybe going to have um, some crunch on the rim with crushed candy canes. Ooh. But on my um, store excursion I could not find said candy canes.
1: Do you want so, like, do you want just the pro way of drinking this for all the people at home that want to drink this? Yes, tell them. Uh, so an, me. Tell an, an, me. Aust- an Australian friend of mine taught me this secret. Do you know Tim Tams?
0: Mm-mm. They're like
1: the chocolate almost wafers, but they're a bit longer and they have deliciousness in them. Oh, yes, I do. And they're one of those things that if you have you hot You can cho- have a straw. Yeah, you bite each end and you suck it through and it melts the inside of the Tim Tam So you could make like a peppermint hot chocolate liquor Tim Tam.
0: And it's good for the environment. Yeah. Ha ha.
1: Uh, So do that. I would recommend, even if you just have regular hot chocolate, but make ours and then use Tim Tams. Nice. Yeah. That's a good idea. Pro strats.
0: But it doesn't have that extra holiday into it because the candy cane would be like extra holiday. Get a candy cane straw.
1: Maybe candy cane flavored Tim Tams. Ah.
0: That would be possible. True, true.
1: But the flavor of the peppermint immediately turns the Tim Tam into holiday. It converts it to candlelights. Yes, <laughs> yes candlelights. A religious, non-religious conversion.
0: <laughs> um, I like this a lot. It's sweet for sure, so it's definitely like an after dinner, like or like a early morning opening presence under your candlelight's bush yeah. drink.
1: Sometime not after midnight. Ha! Huh. Yeah.
0: What a great segue into the movie we watched this week, which was Gremlins, which premiered on August 10th, 1984. It's directed by Joe Dante and it's produced by Steven Spielberg.
1: Ooh.
0: Are you ready for the synopsis that I wrote myself?
1: (gasps) Yes, yes I am.
0: Oh my God, high expectations. No, it's okay. Billy's father gets him a mysterious pet from China with three very specific care instructions. However, when Billy inadvertently doesn't follow them, a horde of monsters is unleashed on his suburban town.
1: That was very good. Thank you. It was probably the best description we've ever had of a show.
0: I am God. Hit me with that trailer audio.
1: Uh, It's Candle Nights, there is no God.
0: (laughs) Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to.
1: And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, no, no. Don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift... he ever got what is it no. it's your new pet Rafe. Yeah. they become clever <laughs> mischievous what's going on here
0: and dangerous that, that was a long trailer though i couldn't find a teaser trailer so it kind of gave a, a lot away
1: i mean it was almost like they were telling the story because it was all narrated. Yeah. That was kind of a Buckwild trailer, because it was basically just the entire story. Except they didn't really show what the gremsli- gremlins look like.
0: Yes, which is, that's what the whole movie's about. So in a way, it still gave you, you the audience wanted a bit more.
1: Still tantalized you. Ooh. Ooh. I like that word. Go see gremlins. They also had the song, like the...
0: Do, 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 do. Do,
1: do. Do, 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 do. I mean, I didn't
0: have to sing it. You could have just put it in there. But, well, yeah. it's
1: too late. Now Now we're going to use you singing the song Yay. instead of actually putting it in. But yeah, the uh, the musical theme of that song overarching over the entire movie was pretty cool.
0: Yep. I also liked how they were like, he has a great house, Sword Falls. A great job, nameplate upside down.
1: And a girl.
0: Yes, I do want to date you.
1: It, it's also funny because his house was really good other than like... Yeah. shitty things that his dad did to it, but it's like he had a nice home, and then it's like a two-story attic room and stuff like that. I mean, nowadays, that's like a fucking mansion, but maybe back then it was a shit starter home. (laughs) Billy lives in a garbage house.
0: Swords fall off the wall.
1: Yes, that definitely wasn't Chekhov's sword.
0: Totally was. Do you talk about that?
1: Uh, I don't talk about anything.
0: All right. Well, then I should just (laughs) dive into my points, then. So, this is the first time that I ever watched Gremlins, and I wasn't sure what to actually expect. I knew that people that were my age growing up had watched this when they were really, really young, and got like, either like, it was like, oh, such a cute movie, or like, oh my god, scarred me for life. (laughs) So I was like, hmm. And while we were watching it, was it your first time too? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think I might have watched it when I was younger, but it also probably was on TBS or something, where... There was a lot of commercials and a lot of stuff cut from it. Right. So I don't think I've ever actually watched the movie in its entirety.
0: Yeah, because I want to say, like, the first hour of the film is so, like, basic holiday movie, uh, adorable creature, whatever. But then. It takes a sharp turn when the gremlins get uh, eat after midnight and they transform into the reptilian versions of themselves. and then they try to kill the mom. <laughs> and the mom goes on like this rampage in the house. She microwaves one, it explodes. <laughs> She stabs another one. I
1: forget. Like She blends one of them.
0: Oh my god. It but the was the mom crazy. fucking
1: murks them. Yeah. You are like, "Oh, this is horrifying and disgusting." I'm like, "This mom's fucking rad."
0: I mean, it was it was rad, but it was imagine being like 5 years old and watching that.
1: Just this adorable, well, not really adorable, but watching this creature basically just gush blood as it gets blended up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was green blood, not red blood, but still. Well, that's how they got it past the uh, the <laughs> SR- esrb. So they just made everyone green green blood. Yeah,
0: don't worry, I have facts.
1: The uh, yeah, I the first part of this movie is almost like a lower stakes ET because the gremlin just lived ha- a happy life in this like old man's shop in Chinatown, and then was like sold by his grandson. But yeah, that was
0: kind th- of fucked up.
1: Yeah, but rude. Apparently- The kid was like, we need the money, so he was looking out for Grandpa, but then Corey Feldman fucks up and just ruins the entire show by getting the the Mogwai wet. Yep. Yeah.
0: Don't, like, they were very specific. I would have been more careful than that.
1: I don't know whose fault it was. Billy, for putting his Mogwai next to his, like, paintbrush container with water in it? Yes,
0: if I knew that water was we don't know what would happen, but apparently it's like deathly. That's what I would assume from don't ever get them wet.
1: Especially when it's followed after the rule of don't let them see sunlight or they will die.
0: Exactly. So then I would literally not have any water in my room if that's what where I was keeping it.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's the child's fault who sold the the man the dad, the mogwai for not actually explicitly stating what would happen. Yeah, because like, don't get it wet. Like what? It's going to stink like a dog does or it's going to multiply and turn and like destroy our entire town. Well, When
0: you give when a dog is adopted from a shelter, they don't say don't get it wet because it's a bit smelly.
1: Yeah. They're like, don't feed it chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't stab it. So, you know, that's probably as important as not getting this mogwai wet. Yeah. But then they do that. He does say under no circumstances feed it after midnight. So at least he clarified that with a little bit more tension.
0: Yes. And that part I will say is not like the water, I'm more mad at than the feeding. Because yeah. they, once the gremlins multiplied before they turned into the reptilian gremlins, they were the ones that bit the wires. Yeah.
1: They just trick dumb, dumb, dumb Billy
0: into feeding them later.
1: <laughs> Although. Yeah, I was like, when he gets down to the kitchen, he should be able to see that the other clocks are past midnight, but also knowing his dad, all the clocks probably don't work.
0: Because his dad's an inventor that sucks.
1: Just a terrible inventor. Oof.
0: But the other part of this that's really horrific is my second point, which is, let's not forget the crazy rich cat lady, Mrs. Deagle, who wants to flat out murder the family's dog.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit strange. Not as strange as the random stranger standing next to her. When she's like, I'm going to put your dog in a laundry machine so it'll have a slow death. On high heat. And then the guy next to her is like, yep, that'll do it.
0: Yeah, what the hell, man?
1: The town just seems super chill with dog
0: murder, apparently. She keeps mentioning, like, I want to give him a slow death. I hope I get my hands on him so I can torture that dog. Barney's going to
1: die. Is it Barney or Bonnie? Because in the trailer, it sounded like he said Bonnie and it's a lady dog.
0: I'm pretty sure it's Barney.
1: Yeah, me too. But the trailer made me question that. Hmm. But she does get her comeuppance when her stair elevator thingy breaks and sends her shooting out the window.
0: Which was featured in the trailer, which I thought was a good thing to keep hidden.
1: That's true. But
0: it's like crazy hijinks. Ha ha. Family fun time. Come see this movie.
1: And then this lady just gets rocketed out of a window and dies. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Her
0: death used to be worse. Did it? Yeah.
1: Is that a fact that you have later?
0: I read it, but I didn't include it. But it was something like awful. It was the way she was projectiled out wasn't with her chair. It was like she was like thrown out of the glass and like...
1: Shattered? Yeah, and
0: like lands awfully.
1: Okay. Yeah. My mind immediately went somewhere entirely different when you you said it was awful. So that's a bit better.
0: (laughs) My last point, though, is that on the other side of the horrificness, once like you always have... Gizmo with you. Yeah. And he's so cute. And I used to have a little gizmo doll growing up. No. And he would go in my baths, even though I wasn't supposed to get him wet. (laughs) I had never seen the movie, but he was like super fun and just something that my parents got me. And the animatronic in the film is really well designed.
1: Yeah. There were a few shots where it almost looked like Billy was like cradling it and maybe had his hand in like a puppet or something like that. But... Because a lot of people will coddle it like a baby or cradle it, yeah. whatever, like a baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe that's so that the actor can like put their hand inside of the puppet and like move it around. But there's a few shots where it does just look like it's a fully standing animatronic.
0: I have some facts. Ooh. So but like, for now, I have so many facts that I got to give up my my last little s- slot and pass it over to you.
1: Sweet. My facts are, or my points are fun. Yay. Um, so my first point is, why was this movie narrated by the dad? At the beginning of the movie, he's like, just like everyone else, I got a story to tell, and you're gonna sit down and listen, when in reality, he didn't see any of the actual events happening. He went off to his weird inventor con during Christmas. Yeah, abandoning
0: his family? What was that about?
1: Like, he obviously seemed like the kind of guy that's like, I need to do anything I can to keep my family afloat, even abandon them on Christmas. A- why is InventorCon going on during uh, the holidays? That seems like a poor choice. But
0: also, why are you holding on to this? I mean, it's kind of sad, but why are you holding on to your dream of being an inventor when you've been struggling for so long and none of your inventions
1: work? Let me tell you something about being a man. <laughs> yes, tell me. Th- those men and their ideal, I- their ideals about like saving their family... Uh very hard to shake even when confronted with constant failure. <laughs> even when possibly like the mom could go do something. I don't know what she did, but she seems extremely capable at beating the fuck at out of murdering? Gremlins. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe she could be a cop or something. The cops <laughs> in the town seem pretty misogynist and probably wouldn't uh hire her. So she yeah, could be Yeah, the a,
0: cops are awful.
1: She could be a paladin. Maybe maybe roll like a warrior or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think he was so stuck on this idea about being an inventor that like nothing else, uh, nothing else could save the family. But yeah, like he, the last thing he sees is, is his son talking about the, the Mogwai multiplying, and then he's like, "I'm gonna take the dog and go to Inventor Con." Or and whatever. he's like, "Huh? Okay, bye." Strange, strange that. <laughs> and then he comes back as Stripe is melting, so he's, and then he's like, "Huh." Yeah, Problem so of solved. course he's the guy that's most capable of telling this story, I guess.
0: I maybe I could there's an argument that it's because he bought Gizmo. He
1: caused it to happen? Yeah, he yeah. bought it for
0: his son and then it was and like was originally the man who was who owned Gizmo was trying to say he's not for sale. I'm not selling him to you. Like that's too much responsibility, but then he ended up getting him anyways by basically stealing it from The grandfather, although he did pay the boy, it was still theft. He didn't, he wasn't for sale. Yeah. It's like taking a TV and leaving $200. Bye.
1: I do like the, the, uh, shopkeeper coming back at the end of the movie and basically being like, you white people have no respect for nature.
0: Yeah. Fuck off.
1: This beautiful creature came on your doorstep and you did not care.
0: Yeah. Although it also, on the other side is like the mystical person of color.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like this movie is definitely under the category of like a different time. Yeah, like the idea of mysterious Chinese dealer is like even Indiana Jones does that and stuff. Mm-hmm. So
0: which came out like literally uh, the same summer that this came out.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, this came out in summer. I have a fact. A fact, I'll tell
0: you now because it's just in conversation. But um, it was originally slated for a December release, but then they found out like, well, Summer is one of the biggest times for movies. Yeah. And the two big the two big movies that were coming out that summer were an Indiana Jones film and uh, the Ghostbusters. Oh. um, So they realized, like the company realized, oh, we don't really have that much competition between these two movies to release our movie, so we should definitely do it in summertime instead and like thrive in summer.
1: Yeah, it does seem kind of like a drive-in, quote-unquote slasher kind of movie that you and your honey would snuggle up to to watch. Yeah. Plus all them... All the ladies love seeing a cute, adorable gremlin on the screen. He
0: was adorable. Yeah. It's true.
1: My favorite thing was that you were constantly worried that Gizmo he was going to die. Yeah,
0: yeah, they did tie up the dog in Christmas lights, which I also that did was, not like.
1: That looked like it was real.
0: It was sad. Eventually, though, when he's untying the dog, it was a puppet or okay. a doll. That's good. But when he was at the shot of originally seeing the dog in the lights was a real dog.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I almost wonder if, and this is going way too meta, but I wonder if the dad, after this event, wrote like a like an, an event of what happened and sold that.
0: Like a memoir?
1: Yeah, if he sold the events of the night. So that's why he was the one talking oh. about it. Maybe the son was like, I just want to bury this and forget about it. And the dad's like, nah, we can make a mint. Also, why was he a failed inventor? What did that add to the narrative? Other than like the sword fell off the wall so Billy could grab it and save his mom.
0: It... There was the hijinks of the juicer and the coffee maker and the smoke, the smoke container. And
1: squirting so much toothpaste on the dad.
0: Yeah, it didn't make sense.
1: I think it was just one of those like 80s thing where it's like we need a quirky reason for the dad to be in this story.
0: Such funny hijinks yet again. Yeah. going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and socials we're approaching the end of our very first season of drinking and screaming we'll be taking a month-long break after our month of candle night celebrations and we'll be back for season two stronger than ever if you have any feedback or ideas for us the best way to make them happen would be to become a patron head to patreon.com drink and scream to earn some sweet rewards like swag cocktail recipes and bonus episodes and make your opinion really count
1: <laughs> This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Mad Lab Distilling, who provided us with their Mad Dog Malt Malt Lipper Damn it <laughs> mad, Malt Lipper Mad da, Mad Dog Malt Laker. I'm just keeping that whole thing We used it in this week's cocktail And it's also uh, sponsored This episode by my mom Who gave us the peppermint schnapps Mad Lab Distilling, as well as my mom Is hands down one of our Most supportive sponsors Don't look at me like that and we think you should choose them the next time you need some spirits. And yes, that does include my mom. She will give you some liquor if you can find where she lives and it's goes true. to her house. <laughs> so get get both of their liquors in your home this holiday season. This is why I don't read the copy.
0: It's true, but it's okay. It's it just brings in that authenticity. Authenticity? Yep. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Drink underscore Scream, on Facebook at Drink and Scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. You can give us warm, fuzzy feelings this holiday season by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Podchaser. We read them all.
1: If you want to come talk to us directly, you can join our Discord channel. Uh, Right now, we're using the super hopped up Discord. So check us out at bit.ly slash hopped up Discord.
0: Here's a promo for another lady-driven and alcohol-related podcast, Wine Mind. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Rhonda. And we're two wine-loving psych nerds who together host the bi-weekly podcast Wine Mind. Have you ever poured back a glass, or three, of wine and found yourself wondering, why do I love wine so much? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Do I really have OCD? If so, then Wine Mind is the podcast for you. Every episode, we choose a different psychology question to answer and pair it with a bottle of wine. Because wine, wine is awesome. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And check out our website at winemindpodcast.com. You can also find us on the social medias as at winemindpodcast. Join us and uncork your brain.
1: Cheers! My second point is I think my favorite part of this movie is the really long bar scene of all the gremlins just being shitheels.
0: That was your favorite part? Yeah, because it was like,
1: I don't know, it was really funny to see how all the characteristics of the gremlins had like evolved since they were created. Like Some of them connected to like darts, some of them connected to poker, some of them were ladies, some of them, I don't know, really loved drinking and smoking and stuff. It was like they had all adopted their own individual personality.
0: That's true. It did feel to me, though, I was just, I kept being bombarded with, but they're, like, touching spilled beer and stuff. Like, they're getting wet. Why are they not multiplying more in the bar?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that was definitely just a, like, suspend your disbelief kind of situation. For sure. Yeah.
0: Because it was a long scene, Mm -hmm. that moment. And the, uh, what's the name of that girl? Kate? Yes. Kate. Was it Kate or Katie?
1: I think it was Kate. I wrote one of of my uh, points is about Kate. So I think it's Kate.
0: Great. So Kate's in the bar, too. And she's like...
1: Serving them. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes sense. Like, under threat of death, I would serve these tiny gremlin creatures.
0: Exactly. And she does manage to make her way out of it. She's smart.
1: She figures it out when the one gremlin doesn't like the fire that she made to light his cigarettes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I also like the personification of Stripe being this, like, mob boss Because in the beginning, he's kind of just like a prankster, but he basically evolves into this, like, Machiavellian mob boss that controls all the other gremlins. The
0: epitome of awfulness. Yeah, basically. Because he's, like, going to murder everyone.
1: They found tiny guns, tiny, adorable guns that fit their little gremlin hands. And
0: they saw them and said, gun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And they even had, for some reason, she had tiny gremlin-sized beer mugs, that entire scene is just... See,
0: but that goes with suspend the disbelief.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's like just suspend your disbelief for the entire scene and it's extremely ado- adorable just watching these like shitty gremlins being shitty creatures. They're basically just mimicking bad humans, especially the flasher gremlin.
0: Yeah, that joke wasn't funny. No. That should have been taken out.
1: Yeah, again, of over... Of the, its time. The overarching of, yeah, of a different time. At least none of them, other than... Flashing. None of the like murders or anything were of like a sexual nature. Yes. The mom getting like straddled by a tree was a little bit, but beyond that, there was nothing where like the gremlins were like sexually assaulting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the flashing, uh, yeah, that was that was my favorite scene. I liked it. (laughs) Also, it looked extraordinarily expensive. And my final point is in this fun time slasher sort of children's movie can we for just a second talk about kate's extraordinarily bleak backstory with christmas yeah where her she was waiting for her dad to come back from chris for christmas they waited a few days and her mom and her apparently never went out to get food or do anything and it was getting cold and kate lit the fire and turned out that her dad's corpse was in there because santa doesn't exist
0: He was trying to do the holiday thing of being Santa because she was so young and it was like magical moment, but then he got stuck.
1: Yeah, that's... And then he died. That's a very bleak story to add to this, like, otherwise upbeat movie.
0: It was weird because you kind of felt like... It was, like, such a sad story, but is this supposed to be funny? Is this, like, what it. is
1: going on? Like, absurd black comedy or yeah, something like that? Exactly. I have no idea.
0: It also really bothered me that they mentioned, just to get into specifics here, that he, like, fell in the cris- in the chimney, which, like, snapped his neck. Yeah. But then they didn't see him when they lit the fire, so he didn't, like, I don't understand how he... She didn't
1: like, end up lighting the fire. It was when she went to light the fire, she could smell the rotting corpse.
0: But they never looked in the fire. So you could see his like body? Yeah. Oh. She
1: basically could. She, I see. When she went to light the fire, she smelled a really bad smell, looked up in the fireplace and saw like a Santa suit and her no, dad. No, but
0: see, that's still it. Like how did his neck snap on? He got stuck in the chimney.
1: Yeah. So if you like are standing up on top of the chimney, you slip or something and your like head either snaps on the corner of the, the chimney entrance and your body kind of gets like jammed in there. It could go down a bit and then get jammed. Oh,
0: but it had already snapped? Yeah. It's I like, see.
1: It's like Million Dollar Baby style. Snapping your head on the side of a chair. Oof. Yeah. I think that's how that happened. I haven't actually seen Million Dollar Baby. And instead, all I've seen is Scary <laughs> Movie, where they make fun of Million Dollar Baby.
0: Ah! I haven't seen it either. But I have seen Scary Movie also. Haha. ha!
1: But like, like you said, a lot of your friends were children when they watched this. So this movie basically just told them that Santa doesn't exist. And your dad could potentially die trying to pretend to be Santa. Yep. And then Billy's like, oh, I'm sorry. All right, let's keep going.
0: And the fact that she, from the beginning, was like, I don't like Christmas. And, like, I don't really like to talk about it. And he's like, but why not? Christmas is great. The The fuck is wrong
1: with you? Maybe she's Jewish, you douche. Yeah, God. (laughs) I don't like Christmas because our entire community is so centered around it that, like, us Jewish people have to hide. And Idiot.
0: their Christmas is so commercialized. That's why I love Candle Nights. Yeah. It's not about gift-giving or having the best decorations. It's just about being together.
1: Yeah. In and watching gremlins. Times.
0: And watching gremlins!
1: Like, I would have just assumed her parents broke up on Christmas, but nah. Dad snapped his neck in the fireplace, and my mom and I were stuck in the house for three days as his corpse slowly rotted. Anyways, let's go kill those pesky gremlins! <laughs> anyway, that's the end of my points of this movie. <laughs>
0: Well then, are you ready for... Da-da-da!
1: Scaredy Candlelight Facts. <laughs> How was that? Should we go with that one? Yeah, that was great. Thanks.
0: Got in one. So for those of you who don't know, when it comes to horror movie watching, in our relationship, we love to look up some trivia, some fun facts about the film we just watched. Before we had this podcast, Kelly and I would snuggle up on the sofa, snuggle up in bed, and whip out our phones or our dicks my favorite joke but i can't say it every time or it's gonna ruin
1: it i mean you have so well
0: i'm doing it every time but yeah we would take out our phones and look up imdb and wikipedia and other movie site facts about the film we just watched and usually it would be kelly and i would fall asleep while he read them to me (laughs) (laughs) but um now that we're doing the podcast we like to either swap back and forth or whoever felt more attached to the film will do the facts so i did gremlins this time around, are you yeah. ready for them? I am, my dear. All right. Well, starting off, we have the budget.
1: Zep. The budget. You went. You went from being like a <laughs> British aristocrat <laughs> to French aristocrat. I can't help it. Um, but yeah,
0: starting with the budget. The estimated budget for Gremlins uh, was eleven million in nineteen eighty four. So that's a lot. That's pretty big. Uh, opening weekend, it made twelve point five million. So not actually just, that much.
1: Just a profit.
0: But yeah, they made a profit of over a million dollars. So I'm like, not that much. But yeah, um, but the gross, uh, the cumulative, the cumulative,
1: cumulative.
0: Yep. Now that's going to be in the podcast <laughs> and not taken out. Yeah. The cumulative worldwide gross was one hundred and fifty three point one million. Jesus. Which is a lot.
1: Is that estimated like? Up till now?
0: Yes. I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how much they continue to update IMDB or if it's like connected to an actual database. I feel
0: like it must be almost more now.
1: Probably. There's
0: no date for when they get
1: these. Still, that's like 100% more. Yeah. Wait. uh, A lot. 10 times more. Math math times more.
0: (laughs) Ha ha. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Number one, Howie Mandel voices Gizmo?
1: Mm. What? See that's see, that isn't super surprising to me because it <gasps> does seem like something Howie Mandel would do. Really? He's a weird guy.
0: It's true. He fist bumps.
1: He's had a. Re- I mean, that's not weird. That's just OCD. He's had <laughs> a very weird career. Like you look at some of the stuff that Howie Mandel has done, and it's like just all over the place. Let's make a deal. I only really knew him from Let's Make a Deal, and the fact that one of his like stand-up things was that he would put a condom on his head and then blow it up with his nose. Really? Yeah. Wow. Strange guy. But yeah, All I'm not right. really surprised that he would have been the one to voice Gizmo.
0: I like to just imagine my Gizmo pure of heart, and Howie Mandel doesn't seem like that to me. He seems like the funny goofball. Which Gizmo is funny, but... Yeah. He's he's real in my brain, and I, he's gonna stay that
1: way. I mean, the final scene of the movie had Gizmo riding in a little Mary Kay remote doll car, and that like was cool. doing a giant <laughs> jump over the the water fountain.
0: He was badass.
1: And then killing stripe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that goes into my next point of Despite being a critical and commercial success, the film was heavily criticized for some of its more violent sequences. In response to this and to similar complaints about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Spielberg suggested that the Motion Picture Association of America, MPAA, alter its rating system, which it actually did within two months of the film's release. Nice. And that's like the first like PG-13 rating oh, was cool. born from Gremlins and Indiana Jones.
1: Did they actually get around it with the green blood?
0: I don't know. I didn't go that deep.
1: Because I know the ESRB, which is the video game rating system, used to not let you have red blood in your game, or else it would be like AO or something like that. Yeah.
0: Well, so this the options were PG or R. Oh, nice. So before this movie, that was what it would be. Or G. Obviously, it wasn't going to be G. So they had it as PG, because it wasn't really R, because it's just...
1: So you're telling me that they got the first PG-13 rating and didn't even use the F word once the one time that they're allowed to use it?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Cowards.
0: Well, the rating came out two months after the film's release. So technically, I think it's rated PG.
1: Yeah. It's so that's funny. why they didn't
0: say fuck. That's Ha-ha. true.
1: It's funny they also use the same technology of gizmo, or not gizmo, stripe melting for Ark of the Covenant later on. When when the Nazi looks at the arc and his face melts off.
0: Oh yes.
1: More or less looking looks like the same technology. Huh. Slash, I'm pretty sure it's just like a plastic silicon mold that they like blow dried. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It just made me think of Chucky. Yeah, that too. My next fact, in 2019, this year, Warner Bros. successfully gained a registered trademark of the name and the franchise. Ugh. Warner Media has now greenlit an animated series called Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai. Ugh. Based on the property for its streaming service HBO Max. Ugh. <laughs> so we already know there's a Gremlins 2, which I haven't seen. But now there's gonna be a new animated series.
1: Aren't there like four Gremlin movies? <gasps> Are there? They apparently Sonoris, who was on our Silent Hill episode, recently watched all of the Gremlins, and starting at two, they get extraordinarily buckwild.
0: Yay!
1: Like two is not even close to the same themes as one. Wow. It's much more slapstick and crazy and weird.
0: I heard that they are the point of it was to make fun of Hollywood sequels.
1: Yeah, like I think at some point they kill Steven Spielberg, in Gremlins Two. But Secrets of the Mogwai make me think that it's going to be an animated series of like them going to a distant land and finding the Mogwai. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the flashback sequence in Willy Wonka with uh, uh, Johnny Depp, where he like goes to the forest and finds all the Oompa Loompas. Oh, yeah. But a series about it seems weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love Gizmo. He's so cute. I want to see more of him.
1: We'll just buy you an animatronic gizmo.
0: Or even just the doll. Someone. I, I would love that, please.
1: Does your mom not even have it anymore?
0: I'm not sure. We have a bin of toys for when our young cousins come to visit, when like, my parents babysit for them or whatever. He could be in there. It's possible.
1: We'll find him when we go to Montreal this year.
0: Woo! Next one. The scene in the department store where Stripe attacks Billy with a chainsaw was not in the script. It was added by the director and the actor who plays Billy as an homage to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: My dumb brain was like, did Stripe improvise that? (laughs) Just for a split second. And then I was like, that's dumb. That's a dumb thing for me to say. That can't be. That's cool, though. It was also a weird chainsaw. It was like a table saw that was longer. Yeah, yeah. Because when he gets like dragged away by it, the whole handle looks like a table saw rather than an actual chainsaw.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad that one of your points was about the weird Christmas speech because I got a fun fact about it.
1: Was that also not in the script? And the actress was just like, let me tell you about the worst Christmas I ever had.
0: (laughs) Well, let me tell you. The Santa speech proved to be controversial and studio executives insisted upon its removal because they felt it was too ambiguous as to whether it was supposed to be funny or sad. Director Joe Dante, however, stubbornly refused to take the scene out, saying it represented this movie as a whole, which had a combination of horrific and comedic elements. Executive producer Steven Spielberg did not like the scene, but despite his creative control, he viewed this movie as Dante's project and allowed him to leave it in.
1: What part of that is comedic?
0: Because it was funny. That's wasn't what I'm telling you.
1: It wasn't funny at all. It but was it,
0: in the situation, she's like, my dad, and like,
1: It is funny. Like, contextually, it was funny? And the story itself. It's It's kind kind of of funny. funny. Your dad tries to surprise you as Santa and fucking breaks his neck and you and your mom discover him three days later? I mean, you laugh at people when they fall. Yeah, because usually they're old.
0: Two of those (laughs) things are in the story.
1: (laughs) But uh, I don't think that that's not funny.
0: I stand by my equivalence with laughing at humans that fall over a trip.
1: Mm. Then
0: they die, and then that's a bit sad. But you don't know where the story's going until the end. It is oddly comedic.
1: Okay. That's like saying in The Walking Dead when Rick finds his dead baby. That's funny. That's what you're saying. You're saying that's funny.
0: I mean, you, are you like to make that all the time. Are you saying in
1: the comic when Rick Grimes finds his dead baby that that's a funny thing to happen?
0: I mean, that's not the same because The Walking Dead isn't meant to be funny ever. Uh, But this movie was funny. It is a black comedy. (laughs) You're just mixing up things. I don't like your arguments. Shush. In the original, I'm just pressing on. In the original draft of the script, instead of Stripe being a mogwai who becomes a gremlin, there was no Stripe. And Gizmo was actually supposed to turn into the evil villain of the the Gremlins. Executive producer Steven Spielberg overruled this plot element because he felt Gizmo was cute and audiences would want him to be present at all stages of this movie. This actually became really stressful for Chris Wallace, who had designed the gizmo puppet slash animatronic to only uh, be used for the actions that happened in the first half of the movie. Oh. So then they had to figure out how to make gizmo work for all the other scenes.
1: So is that why a lot of people are just like cradling him like a baby because that limits the movements that he has to do?
0: So he is part puppet, part animatronic. So you were right. Sometimes it is the actor doing it. Okay, uh, having a hand up his butt. I have more more facts about Gizmo the animatronic. Okay, so we'll get there. Oh, actually, there we go. That's my next one. The Giz. I thought this through so well. The Gizmo puppets were particularly frustrating because they were smaller and thus broke down more. Consequently, to satisfy the crew, a scene was included in which the gremlins hang Gizmo on a wall and throw darts at him. This was included on a list that the crew created known to them as the horrible things to do to Gizmo list. Nice. Because they had so much trouble working with the animatronic that they just started to resent it. (laughs) Which made me so sad because actually that moment was so awful for me. I have such an attachment to
1: animals. And then they're like, we need a scene when Gizmo's in a car and then we just fucking shoot the car. It was awful. That's pretty cool. I like the evolution of the narrative based on how terrible it was to work with this animatronic
0: yeah the actor who plays billy zach galligan recounted in uh, an interview that when the movie was made there was no cgi so all the gremlins were animatronics and each of them cost between 30 and 40 thousand dollars
1: jeez so
0: when everyone left the lot for the day security would have everybody open the trunks of their cars to make sure that they weren't being stolen
1: wow i could see that there's a one shot of when the gremlins are all running down the street, you can clearly tell it's like a miniature street.
0: And it's like stop motion y. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which I imagine is either them stop motioning the gremlins or they just made like tiny little miniature ones. Yeah. But yeah, like you look at something like the uh, theater scene, those all look like they're really gremlins
0: and like just Gizmo himself and like the scene of the mom in the kitchen with all of them yeah. and like murdering them all. Ugh. And they
1: probably made a bunch of them that were capable of like doing different actions as well. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's not like Chucky where you have like 3 of them, one to get broken, one to walk and one with a hand or something.
0: Yeah. So my last Gremlin animatronic f- trivia fact is that Chris Wallace suggested they use puppets instead of the proposed stop motion idea. As a compromise, the studio suggested a spider monkey in a suit, which was tested at director Joe Dante's office, but the monkey flipped out once the gremlin head was put on and he like tore the office apart and <laughs> defecated everywhere. And then like the director screamed at the trainer to get the animal out of the room and then asked Wallace, "So, puppets? We're doing that now instead?" <laughs>
1: I mean, if you just filmed the monkey going crazy in the office, you could have just used that for a scene. True. And people have been like, man, that gremlin sure looks realistic.
0: <laughs> you pointed out while we were watching the time machine prop from the time machine 1960. Yeah. So that is a scene behind Hoyt Axton, who plays Randall Peltzer, when he's on the phone with his wife while attending the convention. A moment later, the machine actually disappears.
1: Yeah, which we also did notice.
0: Yep. Uh, To the astonishment of several onlookers, who, also attending the convention, were Steven Spielberg, Jerry Goldsmith, and Robbie the Robot.
1: Yeah, I noticed a lot of reference in the background that I possibly wouldn't have gotten, but I was like, that robot has to be a reference to something. Yeah. Because it has, like, a full one-minute scene. So, that's interesting. It's cool that someone in the canon of Gremlins actually invented the time machine. Possibly Gremlins and the time machine take place in the same universe. Yeah. Or... He went to an alternate timeline where the Mogwai existed.
0: Uh, My last fact is something that I noticed while we were watching this film. Ooh. Um, I spoke about it. It's no surprise to you. But there are many connections to Steven Spielberg's other popular movie, E.T. The Extraterrestrial. One of the gremlins says, phone home. There's a stuffed E.T. when Stripe is hiding in the stuffed animals to... um, Hide from Billy. And at the beginning, one of the movies on the marquee is A Boy's Life, nice. which was the fake name under which E.T., the extraterrestrial, was shipped to theaters. That's
1: cool. Yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg often puts references to his other movies in later movies. He just
0: likes to jerk it.
1: And then also Lucas puts references to E.T. in Star Wars as well. Who and then,
0: Lucas needs to be canceled.
1: Yeah. Which I
0: found is, that out this week and I was sad.
1: Unsurprising.
0: It's true. Uh, just cancel everybody.
1: Cancel well, directors mostly. Yeah. Almost every director in Hollywood is an awful person. I
0: picked a really bad career.
1: Yeah. Well, play acting. Now nah, play acting directors are probably also <laughs> terrible. Just start your own crew. What is it called?
0: My own company?
1: Company? Play company? Yeah. Yeah. Troop?
0: A theater troop?
1: Yeah, start your own theater troop. <laughs> uh final
0: thoughts? Yeah. Uh, my final thought is that this is a great Christmas movie and yet also a great horror movie in a way, and so it was definitely the perfect film to start off our annual Candle Nights horror event. It gave me warm fuzzy feelings in the heart and yet also what-the-fuck feelings, (laughs) so I'm actually really glad that we got to watch this uh, this year, and it's a great way to cap off the end of our first season.
1: Hmm. My final thought is this movie almost reminds me of the plot of, or the intention of Nightmare Before Christmas, which is like combining Christmas and Halloween, because it's yes. like horror and Halloween. Uh huh. My only problem is that this movie feels like those things didn't meld well, so half the movie is scary and fucked up, and half the movie is a Christmas story, and neither the two <laughs> shall meet.
0: <laughs> That's fair. I think it added, the kookiness added to it for me. I liked how it was so like mismatched.
1: That's fair. This is my final thought. Don't you muscle in and tell me that my final thought is wrong. No, (laughs) your opinion is valid. It's probably not. (laughs) No, it is. Well, that's been Gremlins, a movie about an entire town that somehow seems okay with viciously murdering a dog.
0: Next week, we'll be continuing our month of candle with another film requested by a bunch of listeners, Krampus. I also haven't seen this one.
1: I also haven't seen this one. Ha-ha! Krampus.
0: (laughs) And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Bye! Ah!